You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There is, in fact, good news. We've turned the corner on testing. We've now done more testing in the last eight days than Korea has done in, the, in eight weeks. And so that will give us more and better information. And also, we see that China is now starting to reopen. We see that cases in Italy, deaths in Italy, are starting to come down. We don't want to count our chickens before they hatch because uh, uh, we want to make sure that trend continues. But that gives us hope that if we lean into these mitigation efforts uh, for the next uh, several days, the way the president has said, and if uh, people take the right measures, that we can be reopening again uh, sooner than what we thought. That's our Surgeon General with some good news. And coming up in a little bit, I'll read from the Wall Street Journal op-ed from a couple of uh, professionals from Stanford who are saying they think this is a lot less deadly than everybody thought, and so we need to rethink how much we react to it. Okay, I don't know if they're right or not. I don't have any idea, but we'll we'll read from it coming up. Jack, it's a novel coronavirus. It's new. Novel as in different, not novel as the old man in the sea. Right. Okay. Right. It's different. It was a dark and stormy night, not that kind of night. No, the Surgeon General there, in his general's uniform. Now, is he a general who's a surgeon? Or is he the general of of surgery? He's our head doctor, but he wears like a military uniform. Is he in in a particular branch of the military? I actually don't know much about that gentleman. I don't Um, know that either. I I think the Surgeon General is just the head doctor in the country, and why the military? But is he part of... (laughs) Is he part of one branch of the military? I don't know. Or do you have to be in the military to be the Surgeon General? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. 
I think you probably have to be a doctor. It's not like Supreme Court. Anybody can be on the Supreme Court, right? Yes. And you don't have to have, to have a law degree. Correct. But uh, I think you should have a medical degree to be the attorney, uh, the Surgeon General. I would agree. Yes. The Surgeon General of the United States is the operational head of the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps. So right. Then what's that obviously. Uni- but then what's that uniform? The Health Service Commission Corps. I don't know. I don't know. Corps? Am I saying that right? It's, it's not Corps. Corps but, uh, it's not I, Corps. But, but, but the, Why is there a P in there? But does the rest of the Corps have uh, uniforms? And, I don't know. Is there see a, if they have a class picture. Is there a Surgeon Corporal? I don't know. A Surgeon Captain? We don't know. Surgeon Private peeling S- potatoes over in the corner? <laughs> and bitching about it. <laughs> so when I type in why does the S... The first thing is Surgeon General wear a uniform. That's because the computer's listening to your every word. Yeah, no kidding. There's no way that that's such a common... Is it? I don't know. I'm I'm a common man. There you go. Uh, So listen, one other idiotic point uh, before we get into the important and and serious stuff. And uh, the Surgeon General there mixing some metaphors, talking about uh, counting chickens before they hatch and this train rolling. Evidently, it's some sort of chicken train rolling across the countryside. Uh, I will point out to you, Jack, and to parents of uh, kids everywhere, including teenagers, if you don't have a chicken train set, it's also colloquially known as Mexican train, but it's a dominoes game, Mm. and it is big fun and great fun for the family, and even a little kid can play it. Get yourself a chicken train set. Fantastic. Man, great memories of playing that with our three kids. So there was a 19% increase in cases day-to-day yesterday and a 36% increase in deaths in the United States day-to-day. And we're hoping that uh, doesn't continue that direction. Based on the best data we have, which is imperfect, as we've discussed. I think is The deaths the deads has got to be pretty accurate. I think so. I, yeah. I don't want... Yeah. Uh, yes. The cases is nowhere close to accurate. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's not entirely clear what somebody dies from, and we don't really have time to test every 90-year-old who passes. Sure. But anyway, uh, a number of notes on the question of personal protective equipment, PPEs, that the frontline medical staff really, really need and are, I mean, my God, they're already risking their lives to some extent uh, to treat our ill, and we don't have enough masks and gloves and the rest of it, and, and I'm hoping... That's one thing that changes in this country is we have those stockpiles and we do not depend on our benevolent overlords in China for that stuff. A couple of quick notes. Uh, These are literally notes from people on the front lines. Uh, Both the Kaiser Hospital System and the New York prison system have told employees we don't have enough N95 masks. So you have to reuse masks or use paper masks or whatever. And people have said, well, I have a bunch at home. And they've been told, no, you cannot bring your own N95 mask into work. If you do, you'll be fired. Who's the adult that could say that out loud? Even if my boss told me to say it out loud, I wouldn't say it out loud. And I would turn to them and say, how are you possibly saying that during this time? Right. What is the matter with you? How do you see all four of our medical people having no masks as better than just two of them having no mask? And why don't you ask the two? Whether they want the other two to have masks. I don't don't know how these things happen. Maybe it's just the way I am. I couldn't stop myself from saying you're a moron if they insisted upon that. Well, And 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 a a danger to society. A friend described it as kindergarten socialism, which I think is a pretty good description. It's the whole philosophy of socialism. We don't bring equality by lifting people up. We bring it by shoving people down. Although there is a lot of that going on uh, with the, you know trying to search for a vaccine and a cure and stuff like that, where people said, "Hey, I got an idea," and the and the federal government say, "You're not allowed to have an idea until they 
get a written request from you. Seriously. Right. Right. It's a good point. Uh, so, uh, Nurse Ann or Al Anonymous says, an operating room nurse without access to proper PPE. I'm thinking it would be better if I just got COVID-19 now, recover from it, and go back to taking care of patients. If I got sick at the beginning of the curve, chances are it'd be better before the peak hits. Um, I have no comorbidities. After I recover, I'd be immune and need not worry about whether I have the PPE that protects me from the virus so other people could have it if that there's would, a shortage. That would be damn handy. You know, I'm praying, Nurse Ann or Al, that uh, there isn't a shortage for much longer. But And three, getting sick now would remove the heavy weight I feel hanging over my head as I take care of patients. It's always in the back of my mind. When will I get sick? Am I already infected and I don't know it? Am I hurting the very people I'm trying to help? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if any other medical personnel are having these thoughts. I'll bet they are, Ann um, or Al. Uh, let's see. Please don't use my name, writes Jim Smith of 123 Oak Street. Karen. Um, you've asked why California doesn't have pandemic stockpiled medis- medical supplies. I can answer that. In 2011, the California Department of Public Health maintained a cache of 52 million N95 respirators, a few hundred ventilators, and supplies to run field hospitals. Uh, for thousands of patients in response to a pandemic, similar emergency. My background, by the way, I've been an emergency manager for a county public health department since 08, directly responsible for managing the public health and hospital emergency preparedness grants funded by the CDC. Well, I would say this person knows what they're talking about. The CDC budget for these pandemic preparedness grants was cut at the federal level each year during the Obama administration before and after the H1N1. The cuts at the CDC were significant to the point where few supplies could be purchased because the diminished funds were needed to support staffing costs. In 2011, um, the grants were distributed. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The administration distributed all the stockpiled N95s, ventilators, and mobile hospital supplies to California counties that agreed to accept them. The reason was the state health department couldn't afford a warehouse anymore with the CDC grant cuts. The supplies were given to counties, but no funds were available to maintain the equipment or rotate stock. So the supplies were expired and weren't replaced. Blaming the current administration for the lack of stockpiled supplies in the state is not an accurate representation of what happened. But wait, there's more. If you want, we can also discuss emergency response during the Obama administration that seemed to have been forgotten. Um, And then he points out several outbreaks that were handled terribly. He said, it's very frustrating to see people continue to blame the other party when it's really just the inherent problems of a massive government. Yes. Yes. Good day, sir. I said good day. I wish I could get more people on board with that. And, you know, the people in charge love it that we choose a party and blame the other side. If my party was in charge, we wouldn't have these problems. And that it's not just friggin' bureaucracy and, and, and big government that just can't respond to these things. Right, right. Uh, I'm going to summarize this one. It's, it's most excellent. We appreciate it. It's from uh, another anonymous person. My hope in writing to you is that you read this on the air and expose the hypocrisy, risk, and double standards hospitals are placing on the frontline caregivers. I've been a respiratory therapist for many years. Um, I currently work for a huge hospital system, very well known. First, just to be clear, the frontline caregivers are mostly respiratory therapists and nurses' assistants, not doctors and nurses. Granted, some nurses are heroes as well, mostly ICU nurses and ER triage nurses, but the majority are not. That being said, respiratory therapists are the most exposed, spend the longest time in direct contact with the high-risk patients and several of them. This brings me to the point, uh, the PPE shortage has created a behavior I've never ever witnessed in the hospital setting. We're being directed to reuse PPE. This is in direct conflict with manufacturer specifications. 
These are single-use items. It has to do with infection control. Uh, this is insane. To be clear, we have PE, PPE, but they're being kept behind locked doors or doled out sparingly. This has never happened before. Prior to this supposed crisis, if you were to do this, your job would be in jeopardy. You'd be fired for washing out your personal gear and reusing it. Uh, it seems they've been changing the rules lately, almost daily, to fit their agenda with patient and employee safety as an afterthought. Afterthought. Um, and it goes into some detail, but, and I hope, I hope this is a crazy enough crisis that people set aside protecting their bureaucracies and their turf and their status, and they say, all right, here's what we got wrong. Yeah. Here's the ways in which we were unprepared. Here's how we fix it. I and, hope and, you're right, but I'm not optimistic. And it, well, if not, bandanas and axe handles. I'm not talking bandanas to keep the virus out of my lungs. Uh, I'm talking it's time uh, to, to, to a little vigilante justice, huh? Who's with me? Nobody, because that would be insane. But we seriously, oh my god, we, we had an extra large podcast with Lon He Chen talking about this very subject. Um, which we recommend you check out. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. If I were granted dictatorial powers, the one thing I would do would be to uh, take on all comers and slim down the federal government by 50%. And and here's here's the key thing, and I say this to my progressive friends as well as my conservative friends. Uh, progressives, take five se- take ten seconds to picture the things you most fondly want the government to do, the things you most want to happen. If we shrunk the government by 50%, you'd get 50% more of what you're thinking of. And to continue to vote for more and more government is to choke the very means that you would have to deliver what you dream of. Government becomes its own lobbying agency, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and everybody who studies history knows that. Couple of texts before we move on. Um, sneeze near me and I'll poke your good eye out. Oh boy. I read that just because I'd never heard the whole poke your good eye out. It's, just, it's an interesting barbarian. Kind of I'm not sure this is the time for extra hostility. We also got this. The Surgeon General is part of the Rhythm Nation. That's why he's got a uniform. I was not aware of that. Um, uh, some uh, scientist, doctor type people arguing for this is not near as deadly as we thought based on information as it's coming in in the Wall Street Journal. Versus what they're saying in the New York Times. The two newspapers are battling it out hmm. on this very subject. And more of your reality on our text line at 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. important newspapers in the country, if not the world, having an argument uh, in their opinion pages over uh, what we ought to be doing. Get to that in a second. Um, maybe I'll read this. We'll, this text. We'll recap the big stimulus for you in a couple of minutes. It yeah. looks like it's uh, they're going to vote on it. They came to an agreement, so there you go. Well, Two, and it's, a, it's a, a rubber stamp vote. Two trillion dollar biggest thing we've ever passed in our nation's history. Going to be chock full of things everyone would hate. <laughs> But uh, different people hate different stuff, so it all gets uh, signed off on. Um, we got this text I thought was pretty good uh, on somebody's reality. 
My 14-year-old daughter has missed her school D.C. trip. <clears throat> Birthdays, celebration, being with friends, and a newborn niece. Our older daughter, with the newborn, is being forced out of her home because the owners of the house want their money right now and she can't afford it. Looking for a house to uh, rent or buy requires you to wear gloves, booties, and hand sanitizer. Some sellers will only take offers, uh, want offers before allowing you to see the house as a corona risk. My husband is hoarding beer. That's this person's reality. Wow. That's a little stressful. Yeah. My, um, we had a medical procedure the last two days at my house for my youngest, and uh, he, he, has, he has trouble sleeping whenever he does these because he's so pumped full of medicine and everything like that. And he came and got me this morning at about 3 o'clock and said, Daddy, will you sleep with me? And uh, I said, of course I will. And it was freaking awesome. So, nice. you know, there's there's upsides and there's downsides to all these various things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't get Have, any sleep, but uh, I'm not going to pass that up for eight quintillion dollars. Having my 20-year-old at home, back to our near-constant verbal jousting, which is very amusing, and all the energy in the house of a college kid and the rest of it, it's it's great. It's nice. I mean, it, it can't last forever, and it shouldn't last forever. But, yeah, I'm I'm hoping everybody's finding at least a little silver lining. Yeah. Um, and now we've got Prince Charles and Jackson Brown both have the coronavirus. I just I don't know how we're going to respond to that. So the New York Times um, editorial board wrote, it's time for a national lockdown, urging President Trump to call for a two-week shelter-in-place order nationwide. So that's a New York Times editorial board. Over at the Wall Street Journal, where, dumb idea. where they obviously have more emphasis on uh, business, they had a couple of doctors that uh, you haven't heard of, but they're professors of medicine at Stanford University and uh, well-respected. <laughs> they're writing that they don't think the infection is, ba- is as bad, is as deadly as everybody thought, and that some of these economic reactions are um, uh, too much for how deadly this is. I'll read just a little bit of what they said. As of March 23rd, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, there were 499 COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. If our surmise of 6 million cases is accurate, and they explain earlier how they came to that number, maybe you'd agree with it, maybe you wouldn't, that's a mortality rate of 0.01%, assuming a two-week lag between infection and death. This is one-tenth of the flu mortality rate of 0.1%. Such a low death rate would be cause for optimism. This does not make it a non-issue, um, daily reports from Italy, et cetera, et cetera. But a 20,000 or 40,000 death epidemic is a far less severe problem than one that kills 2 million. Given the enormous consequences of decisions around the COVID response, getting clear data to guide decisions is now critical. We don't know the true infection rate. Our universal quarantine may not be worth the cost it imposes on the economy, the community, and individual mental and physical health. We should undertake immediate steps to evaluate the empirical basis of the current lockdowns. Right. They believe that there's data out there to show that it's a lot less deadly than it is and could be way less deadly um, than we originally thought. And in that case, no, you really wouldn't shut down your economy. No, no. No, it's a, it's terrible and a tragedy, and we hope and pray all of you stay healthy. But no, you're not going to shut down the economy over a slightly worse flu season than normal. We don't know. Which we deal with over and over again. Well, that is the desperate need is for better data. And I think we're going to have it fairly quickly. We're really at speed now in terms of testing. and That's and quite the, the differing opinions between the two most powerful newspapers in America, though. Uh, Shut down York... the whole country for two weeks, or we've really overreacted. Yeah, that's, uh, the New York Times thing is ridiculous. They're so New York-centric. I mean, rural Idaho does not need to shut down. Kill their economy, please. 
crazy. That stimulus that passed. We'll tell you about it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Target is being sued by people who say their store brand hand sanitizer doesn't stop coronavirus. You know what else doesn't stop coronavirus? Going to Target. Mm. I walked walked in with the Clorox wipes in my hand and put them on the uh, cart when I was at Target the other day. I didn't touch anything with my bare hands. Coronavirus! I don't blame you. Because of, yes, Cardi B, the coronavirus. Yeah. Coronavirus! Dang right. That's the one. uh, We played a little Jackson Brown coming back from the break there. He and Prince Charles testing positive. Prince Charles has been uh, sequestered, quarantined in his palace. So that's rough. Uh, Hope he's okay. Yeah, whatever. Now, that wasn't the one who claimed he didn't sweat, who hung out. No, 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 no. no, no. It's completely different different people. No, that's Prince Andrew. Oh, I got my uh, princess confused. Yeah, yeah, well. Which one did Purple Rain? Uh, The uh, stimulus package, which has been put together by the Senate, has not passed yet. They're going to vote on it. I suspect very strongly it will be a Uh, rubber stamp vote. Formality. In which the uh, leadership tells everybody how to vote, and they do without even reading the bill. That's the way it goes. And I want to get to that in a second. In their defense, you couldn't read it if you wanted to. Oh, no. No, my God. it, It is one of the biggest bills, not only in terms of money, but in terms of pages. In recent history, uh, but I want to page get... four thousand three hundred and twenty-two, forty-five thousand three hundred dollars to the four H club in a county in Montana. Well, Durr. let me look into whether or not I think that's a good idea. Let's let's I mean, talk to those four H leaders. See what you... that's an awful lot of time on milking and not a lot of time on planting. No, so, nobody's going to do that. So, are there just like bundles, like twenty-page bundles of these things that when these bills come together, they just essentially just staple them together to create this 4,000-page yeah, thing? More or less, yeah. I'm going to get into that in a second, but I really wanted to get this on. We've been talking about this for ages now. The uh, Trump fake reversi of the day. The single anonymous-sourced New York Times, Washington Post, front-page scandal of the day that gets just tremendous uh, attention on the cable news, and everybody acts like it's the big one, and then 48 hours later, ain't nobody talking about it. Well, not many people were actually talking about it before. Well, right, yeah. Uh, just it's a, the the best description I've heard of at Washington D.C. is that it is like a big high school, um, and uh, most people know everybody else, and they all gossip about each other, than tell us about it, even though we'd rather just live our lives. The, Tucker Carlson, with the best description I've heard of that sort of thing, um, last night on his show. But first, the news of the day was, for the most part, unfortunately, political. Our hapless media churned out the usual dreary menu of palace intrigue stories. Who in the West Wing supports a shutdown? Who doesn't? As if any of that matters or anyone cares or will even remember the names of these people 10 years from now. We will not. I've been doing my best to not engage in these conversations. Dr. Fauci was asked about it yesterday, and he said, I wish that it would stop this attempt to try to either create or pretend there is a problem between him and the president. That, That does nobody any good. Do you want his, his, we've got his answer on it. Sure, why not? The Fauci. That, that is really unfortunate. I, I would wish that that would stop because we have a much bigger problem here uh, than trying to point out differences. They're really fundamentally at the core. When you look at things, there are not differences. The president has listened 
to what I have said and what the other people on the task force have said when I've made recommendations. He's taken them. He's never countered or overridden me. The idea of just pitting one against the other is just not helpful. I wish that would stop and we'd look ahead at the challenge we have to pull together to get over this thing. Well, it's because you're surrounded by actually bad people. I mean, they're actually bad people. Yeah, they've surrendered their souls for profit. You're a bad human being if rather than trying to inform people about things that can save their lives, their family, their business, whatever, you're trying to drive a wedge for political gain or clicks or whatever. You're a bad human being. You're actually not a good citizen or person. Well, and it's, I wish I, I don't want to know you. I don't right. want you to around me. I don't want you interacting with my family. When the coronavirus a, is over, I don't want you touching me. Because you're me. a bad person. Right. Stop, you weirdos. Well, imagine the stupidity of, you don't have to imagine. A lot of you saw it if you pay attention to the news a couple of days ago. When uh, the president was pretty optimistic about that malaria drug, and uh, and Dr. Fauci was cautiously optimistic, trying to turn that into his news story. Here are two people who are in a group who meet all day, every day. The one says he's optimistic. The other says he's cautious. The division. I mean, really? Really? Yeah, I can't give any of that. So uh, terrible. Two seconds. I had to turn off the show. Every show I watch, they, once I get into that, I'm out. I just I have no interest in that whatsoever. See, By the way, hatred fuels my joie de vivre. It actually makes me happy. Gallup out today. Trump is at a 60% approval on his handling the coronavirus. This is a guy who's uh hangs around the low 40s in approval rating. Uh, all the time is it sixty percent? The number oh, among Democrats wow. has gone up ten points in a week. Independents are at that sixty percent number. Too, the uh, the only um, uh, group of people that in unison every day believe the president is failing is the freaking media. Right, right. So moving along to the proposed one point eight trillion dollar bailout. Well, oh, I'm sorry, it's over $2 trillion now. The stimulus package... Man, that's a lot of money. It is a lot, but oh, the things they're going to cut, Jack, to pay for it include nothing. That discussion, another day. Oh, we got to play the clip later of Nancy Pelosi was asked about this stuff she was jamming in. And just unleashed a word salad of nonsense. We'll we'll get to that later. Let's get to it soon. (laughs) I, I demand it. But... Uh, here's the story. Direct payments uh, up to $1,200 per adult, $500 for kids, uh, up to three grand for a family of four, phased out on income levels. We've discussed whether that's a good idea or not. It's going to be phased out. And so virtually nobody in, for instance, the Bay Area, California, Seattle, the, the, the Portland Metro, the more expensive, LA, sorry, LA, how can I leave you out? Uh, is San Diego, the more expensive places to live, nobody's going to get any of this money, which means, um, you know, nobody's going to be spending it yeah, that, their that, favorite restaurant to keep people employed. That's another part of the argument. Well, I, I am convinced. I listened to a long podcast with conservatives arguing about this. I'm convinced everybody should have gotten a check for all kinds of different reasons to 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 put aside, you know, uh, a class envy or 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 or, or bitterness over they're getting something I'm not, it's my tax money, blah, blah, blah. The whole income thing that you just talked about, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't make sense. There's all kinds of reasons. Give everybody a check. Uh, Encourage people who don't need it to spend it. Mm -hmm. Then they'll go out and spend it at the businesses that need help. Right. Small businesses will get $367 billion to keep making payroll 
While workers are staying home, companies of 500 or fewer employees could tap up to $10 million each in forgivable small business loans to keep the paycheck flowing. You use these loans for what they're supposed to be for, for keeping your people uh, you know, in their rent and their food money, uh, the loan will go away. But does, does our government have the ability to get those out fast? That's a good question. Allegedly, yes. Federally guaranteed loans will provide eight weeks of assistance for qualifying employers who maintain payroll uh, and, and, and their other basic bills so these small businesses, which are the backbone of the economy, don't go under. The unemployment benefits part of this is dangerously close to an acting Bernie Sanders agenda. We will tell you about that in a second. But first, a practical note from our friends at Simply Safe: the best home security system around, according to the U.S. News and World Report. The best, all the good stuff, none of the bad stuff. Yeah, uh, some of the good stuff you can install it yourself in thirty minutes to an hour. How about that? And you've got home security like outdoor cameras, doorbells alert, the doorbell alert. Anyone approaching your home, you'll know it about it. Entry motion and glass break sensors, the good stuff. And you can install it yourself. It's only 50 cents a day and no contracts. Some of these places, you got a year long, maybe two year contract. What if you don't like it? You don't have to worry about that with Simply Safe. And it's free shipping with a 60 day risk free trial. I don't know why you wouldn't try it. Here's how you investigate and order. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's S I M P L I. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get that 60 day risk free trial. It's a really good website too. All the information you need is there. Uh, you got nothing to lose go now simplysafe.com slash armstrong we would appreciate it simplysafe.com slash armstrong so the democrats were pushing hard for near permanent france style unemployment benefits which is just a terrible thing to put more people on the government plantation um and dependent on the government is a nightmare that's not generosity it's it's imprisonment but having said that Here's what they're going to pass. $600 per week on top of your normal state benefits for up to four months. Then with an extra 13 weeks of benefits, adding up to 39 total through the end of 2020. And the coverage is retroactive to January 27th. And it extends to gig economy workers, according to a reporter at Axios who's seen some of it, I guess. To a quarter of a trillion dollars set aside in additional emergency appropriations to fight the virus and shore up safety net programs. But that includes, again, the Democrat wish list of, uh, well, it's uh, public health hospitals, the CDC, child nutrition programs, huh? Oh, boy. Food stamps? Oh, boy. And transportation agencies? So did, did, did all that stuff we were talking about yesterday, did it end up staying in? The, the bailing out the post office, the, uh, airlines have to get greener. The the funding, the uh, Kennedy Center for the Arts, all that stuff. No, all that stuff a lot of that stuff went by the wayside. How much I don't know, though. Public because pressure. Because we I haven't hope. seen the bill, right? And it's it's a grotesque, sprawling monstrosity in this. Anyway, uh, payroll taxes. You can defer your payroll taxes until twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. That's going to get your uh, your accountant hopping. I may never. I may never pay taxes again. State and local governments going to get $150 billion, $8 billion for tribal governments, um, and they're going to vote on the, uh, the measure today. But Nancy Pelosi, mostly to earn her bona fides from the AOC crowd, attempted to jam this thing so full of garbage um, and then was asked to defend herself on cable news, and her answer 
will shock you, but it also amuse the hell out of you, and that's coming right up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had the strip plan. Two, three months. So we're just not even having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. So what's the story now, Michael? He's apologized. Yeah, he's fully apologized, says he was wrong, and uh, made a fool of himself. Well, I think the Internet should still try to ruin his life. What I think is funny is that he felt like he needed to apologize on the record, whatever record that would be, and people either accept it or don't from some random spring breaker dude I've never heard of. <laughs> College I, I, kids said something stupid. I don't yeah. know why we pay attention to him <laughs> in the first I know, place. And yeah, then, no and kidding. Then don't let him vote. And then the, Sorry, honey, no offense. And my then the, me, at home. the social media, or I'm using my finger quotes, I don't even know who, demands an apology, right. apparently. Well, the internet has outed him and doxed him and, and ruined his life, and people are, are waving pitchforks outside his home. And, because and, a drunk college kid said something? Oh, yeah. I just what a weird the world. New Puritanism. What a weird world we live in. I'll tell you that. Um, uh, lots of stuff on the way we need to talk about. We got this text. I don't even know what it means. Uh, they come in threes: Kenny Rogers, Prince Charles, and Madonna. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's like art. <laughs> that text. I don't even know. What, I don't even know what to make of this. I need to step back a few feet from that art. Apparently, three kind of easily mockable celebrities. One dies. One's got corona, and one was in a bathtub giving us a lecture. Yeah, I just think that's funny. Yeah, that's like art. Oh, hey, uh, happy birthday to Sir Elton John. He's seventy-three years old today. Saturday night's all right for bingo, Elton. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Oh, hilarious! So uh, the the the, the any time there's going to be a big bill that has to be passed, an important bill, a bill that must pass, folks line up on both sides trying to cram it through, cram it full of goodies, and uh, some of the stuff is just you know some suspect bridge project in some county in in Tennessee. You could make the argument that this is the way it works. I'm representing my county. I would not be doing a good job of representing my district. I would not be doing a good job of representing my district if I say, I'm not going to get anything for my district. I'm going to let a $2 billion thing, dollar thing go through and let all the other people get stuff for their district, but I'm going to hold firm. Right. You can make the argument that that's not being a good steward of your uh, constituents. Right. But usually these bills are, are chock full of various plums for this district and that district to get votes. In the case of this emergency bill, the Democrats in particular have counted on the fact that it has to be passed quickly to jam in all sorts of fundamental changes in the way America works. And uh, Nancy Pelosi was asked about that. Uh, this is explained pretty well. So Brett Bell, okay, yeah. Brett Bear will set it up for you. Then you're hearing Nancy and then a congressperson responding to it. And I thought this was worth hearing. I saw you on the floor yesterday, the Senate floor, and as livid as I've seen you, listing uh, extraneous pieces of the House piece of legislation. Um, Speaker Pelosi was asked about that today, about other items in the bill. Here's what she said. We have the best minds in the country, 24-7, all hands on deck, trying to find a path here. And, and, and that is what will be the light at the end of the tunnel. What the president is suggesting is that that light at the end of the tunnel could be a train coming out 
status if people are out and about in a way that it spreads the disease. Everything we're suggesting just relates to COVID-19. It's not about making law for the future. It's about COVID, well, except fighting COVID-19 is for the future, but I mean, it's not changing policy except as it applies here. So basically she said that all the things in the bill are related to that. Uh, you say that that's not true. Well, you've seen the bill. You've been, uh, Fox has been putting that up. It's wind turbines, solar panels, the Green New Deal for airplanes. It's a election reform. It's new powers for members of unions. You go one after another after another. And the holdup I hear tonight in terms of what the, the chatter is on the Internet, that the holdup today is funding for Planned Parenthood. Which I don't know if that ended up in the bill or not, but Ugh. Planned Parenthood funding jammed into the... Everything is, is about the, the, the coronavirus? Well, that's better said than, and and she, she, well, she was doing it that on purpose. It was just, it was impossible to figure out what her, well, there, there's no answer. It, it was the word salad. There is no answer. The answer is, the secret code is, we're doing it because we can. Right. And, it, and my, and my people we're like We're losing it. elections, so we're going to win this way. This is stuff my people like, and I can do it, so I'm going to. And the other side would do the same, which is probably true, if, uh, in, in their situation, so. The Democrats, to their credit, got some safeguards in to to make sure that the money is spent the way it's supposed to be spent. Uh, they got a little more transparency than was originally in the bill. I credit them with that. That's good. I'm in favor of transparency. Um, but, man, trying to jam it full of Planned Parenthood and same-day voter registration. What the hell? Wind turbines, etc. Wind turbines, yeah. Goodness sakes. They're, I call them bird arts. All right? Because you're pro-bird. I'm staunchly pro-bird. Squawky the Eagle, for instance, our own American Eagle. We keep chained up in the control room to symbolize freedom. Manti-bird. We haven't heard from Squawky for a long time. I we? thought we got complaint emails that it was like a triggering sound for some people. Yeah, we, we did. We did. Well, that's I why. I thought that's why we retired it in the first place. Well, yeah, he's yeah. been retired to the Armstrong and Getty Bird Sanctuary, where he has been mating like crazy, by the way, making little bald eagles. Is Squawky uh, miss? <laughs> There he is. Uh, that sound means freedom. It is kind of piercing, isn't it? I'd forgotten how piercing it is. So I'm looking at this USA Today graph. Precautions U.S. adults say they've taken because of concern about the uh, the commie virus. And similar to the uh, thing we had the other day, where 3%, well, there was 4% that haven't done anything in reaction, and then 3% that have never heard of it. Unaware. <laughs> The Corona what now? I don't know which is more amazing. Is that on Netflix? (laughs) I don't know which is more amazing. You've never heard of it, which would be difficult to do. Or the people that have heard of it, but have altered nothing about their lives. I mean, just zero, zero, zero reaction. Well, I, I understand stubbornness. But the ignorance on the level we're discussing? Well, maybe they're 90. I don't know. Anyway, like uh, close to 80% of people have avoided crowded events. Yeah. Or anything. Any crowd. I'm not Are going in a any? crowd. Um, I couldn't yeah. find a crowd if I wanted to. Um, about 50% of avoided stores or restaurants. Uh, but you get down here. Uh, avoiding crowded events. There's about 5% that are not. They haven't considered avoiding crowded events. Mm. 
No. Is there a crowd over there? I'm as likely to go now as I was before. Interesting. About 5% of people. Yeah. That's yeah. really, I don't know, you've got to study those people. Well, the great question that needs to be answered, and they're working as hard as they can, is to figure out how dangerous is that? How dangerous is this disease? Uh, we'll know a lot better in the week or so to come. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.